Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Science Faction. The only show where a scientist, a comedian, and a comedian scientist come together to discuss science. Comedically. Hello, and welcome to Science Faction 642, the best of this year, Science Faction. Yeah, another, another year pushing this rock up a hill. Another year. Damien, I love this annual episode we do. I love going back over an entire year and looking at our best of, what we, you know, got right, what we got wrong, the funny stuff we we did. Like, and it's funny because, you know, we do this every week. So sometimes it kind of runs together and you go back and look at something that was going on in like January or February, and you might barely like remember it. And if you're slightly narcissistic like me and Damien, you look at this back and go, hey, this. That was pretty fucking funny, actually. Yeah, uh, that's the kind of the cool part about the year-end episodes. You know, we get to go back, listen to a ton of the old stuff, and uh, I get to find out that, uh, and because and you know, it happens in the moment. You know, and so uh, uh-huh. an artist in the moment doesn't, you know, necessarily appreciate his greatness. But when I get sure. to go back and I realize that I am an artist who paints in the medium of Alex Jones. I get to really yeah. I'll be like, you know what? Um, I'm I'm much like most artists. I'm going to be discovered long after I'm dead. Like after I'm dead, uh, Damien Mercado original recordings of Alex Jones will go for trillions. Uh-huh. Yeah, well, it's a mixture of your Alex Jones impersonation and your impersonation of somebody who's uh, trying but always failing at I call BS. As opposed to somebody who is sandbagging, which we all know you actually do. For those of you guys who don't know, we do have a Patreon episode that comes out every week where you can listen to a, a different episode of Science Faction we do. It's usually an I Call BS episode, and uh, Damien has gone yet another year. I think believe this is the 17th straight year going without a single victory in I Call BS. So that is uh, that in and of itself is kind of impressive in like a very unimpressive way. You know, I think I figured out why you make it so you can only listen to 60 episodes and uh, on the main. So I feel like if I, I know that it might be somewhat frustrating for uh, listeners who listen to us on iTunes or Spotify that you can only go back 60 episodes. If you want to reach the full library, you have to go to like, I think it's Podbean. And there might, uh, that, I think that's oh, okay. it. Okay. I didn't realize that. I didn't know you were saying that because I was like, oh, I just went back like 100 episodes. What are you talking about? But uh, yeah, on Podbean. Yes. Yeah. So, and I think you do that. Because Podbean, that's that's nobody's. That's like that's like your secret way into the into the archives that nobody takes. It's like the uh, the White House tunnels, like that are that I guess exist and anybody can observe them technically, but you're not using them. Mm-hmm. Nobody's taking them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that is your I way see. of hiding. Uh, because we didn't used to hide. I call BS behind a paywall, and I used to just, like especially at like, the right. first like that was before the complaints. Before, before, before the I got getting all these complaints, why isn't Damien trying? Why won't he win a game for once? <laughs> we used to do this against scientists. Like, like I used to, uh, listen yes. in, in the before time, long ago. Yeah, scientists used to be on this show. Newer listeners might be shocked by this. But if you go back far enough, we used to have other scientists on the show, and I would regularly fucking spank their ass, and I call BS until Bobby, until Bobby invented his cursed rule book. That is absolutely true. No, no, I'm not. You're Joseph you Smith talking correct. about However, like, the writings. That- you mean that literally, in that I had to stop you from actually physically spanking numerous scientists on multiple <laughs> occasions as they beat you, and I call BS. <laughs> And if you guys want to get good witty banter about Damien's I call BS <laughs> capabilities, go ahead and check out our Patreon. Search Robert Timothy on Patreon. But for now, it's time for the most fun show of the year. And we're going to go back and look at the best of science faction in 2022. 
Yo, that's dope. You know, I, I want like Bobby. I know you're really big into sound effects because I mean, you know, uh-huh. they're all free on YouTube, and you could do this easily. In fact, yeah. it, it, in 30 seconds, you could add any number of sound effects, uh, like crowd cheering and everything. Really, really punch this up. Or we could hire a foley guy. That's much more expensive. Yeah. Maybe I'll just go to the morning DJ school of radio production. How about that? <laughs> you piece of shit. We are an audio medium. Our, our job is to meet the audience where they're at. We're basically the Joe Rogan of science podcasts already. Like, that's that's kind of our niche. Uh, dear. So, uh, we're going to go back and look at a few things. This, this episode, by the way, is going to span over two separate episodes. The first of those, 642, is this one. The next one is going to be released pretty quickly on our Patreon feed. If you want to get it instantly, you can go ahead and check out our Patreon feed. But it will be released next week at the normal time uh, for those of you guys not on our Patreon. So our Patreons will get a little bit of a head start on that. If you want that head start, if you want to start 2023 off with as much science as you possibly can, go ahead and check out our Patreon. Uh, and also, we're going to open up the pit right now. Bobby, clear the pit. We're opening it up. Uh, uh, we decided right before this, everybody, that our future Patreon shoutouts, and I'm going to expand this because I've been begging for these for years, but iTunes comments. Uh-huh. You leave a comment on iTunes, and I will summon a dead scientist and do a shout-out to you. Wow. Now, that is big because summoning a dead scientist is one of my favorite bits that Damien does. You lying sack of crap. It doesn't have a lot of scientific merit to it, but it's always fun to figure out which voices Damien has decided to go with which scientist. Okay, um, to some of our uh, older fans, you'll know that uh, Bobby's description is uh, one-sided and is willingly, is willfully ignorant. Uh, because I have shown him countless times that during this uh, bit, as he calls it, uh, finger quotes, uh, I use ability that I was born with. My grandmother was always able, she was a shaman and could always talk to spirits. I was born with the gift from an early age, and I occasionally have demonstrated that on this show when I reach deep into the afterlife, deep into the ether, and I specifically channel, I don't know who I'm getting, but I do know that I go to the section of the afterlife, like the CERN of the afterlife, where like all the advanced scientific minds hang out. And I basically open up um, a consciousness portal and allow any one of those uh, uh, energies. It's been uh, Dmitry Mendeleev. Uh, it has been Copernicus. Uh, it has been even Carl Sagan have joined me, have have used this vessel to uh, educate the world and spread their message of science. For some reason, though, whenever they do, they get a really bitchy ass Bobby coming at them instead of being willing to absorb their wisdom. You use a tool for science education in order to do bad snuggleuckalpiss voices. <laughs> <laughs> Say what you want, Bobby. Let's just say, uh, let's say you're right. Let's just say you're right, and um, and that there is nothing grand. By the way, we even had the amazing Randy occupy this vessel at some point, and you scoffed, and you scoffed despite despite all the evidence before you. To be fair, that was the most offensive. Yes, that would have been the most offensive to the living person. <laughs> But yeah, well, let's uh, let's do more of those in 2023. So go ahead and contact Damien. Let him know your what your give him a five star review. Let him know what scientists you want to do. Uh, but for now, let's go back to 2022 and see what it was that we did well. Our first section, I want to look at some of our our funny moments that I really appreciated. So see, these are the ones I went through and picked out. Let's start with all the way back in episode 620, when we had a discussion of our interpretation of uh, Russians' treatment for depression, which I believe was just wolf blood, but like the right wolf blood. Damien, do you remember this conversation? Yes, there are good parts of wolf to get blood from and bad parts of wolf. Why is this so hard to understand? (laughs) 
yeah, so uh, let's take a, uh, I'll, I'll include a, a real brief few minutes. Let's go ahead and listen all the way back in episode 620 at around the 1730 mark. Okay, you do that. I will uh, be uh, drinking scrotal wolf blood. Top shelf. Top shelf scrotal blood. So what they're saying is not only can we not tell the difference between depressed people and non-depressed people by looking at the serotonin levels of their blood, but also in specific cases where people basically have low levels of serotonin because the diet we are feeding them does not allow them to produce serotonin in their body, we don't see evidence of increased depression in those people either. You're talking about what I'm guessing like, like what you just described, what the Russian government does to Siberia? No green plants for you. Yes, it is. Uh, you must have uh, uh, just potato and uh, wolf blood. That is all. <laughs> no, not good wolf blood. Like from <laughs> the legs. <laughs> we call them Ukrainian wolf. <laughs> I do like the idea that the Russia is such a depressing place that like there's considered good wolf blood and bad wolf blood. Like the same way we have like good cuts of meat. <laughs> I mean, there's, there's, I mean, I don't know what the, uh, a wolf sanguinist, uh, I don't know what the Russian word is, it is for, for Gary, <laughs> just a guy named Gary. Yes. Everybody gets wolf blood from Gary. Yes. Yes. Gary. <laughs> He's so cool. I went to high school with Gary. He's not so cool. Uh, dear, I remember that, Damien. Uh, I do love that because every now, now, every time somebody introduces me to someone named Gary, I'm like, I know what you're about. I know what you're about. Yes, my wife called out Gary's name during lovemaking. Well, during tolerance making. <laughs> oh, yes, Gary, dump all your wet wares all over my naked body. Do it, Gary. <laughs> And then my wife eventually left me for men who could provide her with wolf blood. <laughs> oh, dear. So that was a good one. Uh, I also, Damien, it's been a theme for us. I think it started last year, but certainly it's been a theme through this year. If we go back nearby to, to episode 618, starting around uh, six, minute, six minutes and 12 seconds in, we have, a, I think, a pretty evolved discussion about what pisses off Italians and, and how Italy is the disappointing son of Europe. Um, we, I like how we took a very nuanced and fair look at an entire nation of people. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, I, to be fair, we did pros and cons. We were talking really close as we did this. So like, it wasn't yeah. offensive. It was, we were, we were speaking their language. We were using our hands, which you can't yeah. see. And, and just to have like, you know, some cultural sensitivity, both of us for the day that we recorded this episode left our homes and moved in with our mothers, like just for that day. Yeah, that's you could. Uh, oh, you saw my black eye. Oh, yeah, Bobby. So let's go back to episode six eighteen for our discussion of Italians. We're podcasting here. So if you're out there, uh, M. Kenicotti, which is either A, an alias, uh -huh. or B, um, you're the one fan we have in Italy, despite all the. Negative things we say about Italy and Italians. And it gets deeply personal. It's not even like they're like fun, like, oh, this is no. cultural jokes. Like Bobby and I are we're really offended by the Mussolini government for a number of reasons. 
I, uh, when we first discovered our love of casual white on white racism, I thought, man, I found what I've been put on earth for. I thought it was like maybe, you know, to, to promote science education, to, to discover certain archaeological sites, maybe to be a dad, all these. No, it was to bring back casual white on white racism. <laughs> uh, to our fans, uh, there in, in the San Diego comedy scene, there's a, uh, an Italian uh, a comedian immigrant, and, and you know she, she she's she's a lovely person. Because uh, I know her, I know the true secret to uh, getting to Italians. It's to mm. uh, claim that Ameri- American Italian things are actually Italian. So like, uh, be like, oh, I know Italy. I've been to the Olive Garden. Or uh, macaroni and cheese. I lo- or, hey, oh, the, like, you're Italian, just like the Jersey Shore guys. That pisses Italians off. Like nobody's business in a very real way. Like Bobby, you and I are doing it like in a cartoonish way. This is uh-huh. how you do it for real. <laughs> sure. Yeah, I'm trying to think of all the things. Let's let's think of the things that piss off Italians. We have uh, anti-cat calling laws. <laughs> hey, baby, I respect your body and your decisions. I'm sorry that Roe v. Wade got overturned. Undershirts without grease on them. <laughs> Not appreciating a mother, a very intrusive mother. That's racist against Italians to, to, to not appreciate an in-your-face mother-in-law. And not sponsoring your own countrymen when they go off to try and find other lands, but then claiming them hundreds of years later as if your shitty culture did anything except turn them down. <laughs> Thank you, Spain, for all the wonderful colonialism things you did signed the people of the new world yeah right so like if Europe Italy did the right thing they're on the right side of history if Europe was writing like uh, like a letter about its kids and its kids were all the constituent countries that made up Europe it would be like listen Italy I'm not gonna lie you had this renaissance have all these great thinkers I'm expecting so much from you it's like you're a kid in the gate program in the third grade right like we we know you're going straight to college meanwhile Spain has got like inquisitions going on they're fucking killing one another it's pandemonium and they're they're a fucking dictatorship until the 1970s it's nuts over there we are not expecting many things from them and all of a sudden it's just one of those things where like the golden child ends up falling and and the one that's uh, the one that you thought was going to have a lot of trouble ends up being like the successful used car dealer you never saw coming, and hence the Spain. You know it's bad when your parents are like, "Really, Spain is doing better than you? Spain? <laughs> they haven't figured out how to heat up tomato soup yet." Italy went to World War II and got some real bad PTSD. They were a kid with all this potential, and now they just do drugs and fuck. And make no... T- you could, we could sit here and make fun of Italy all we want, but if we were to anthropomorphize that country, it would fuck. Like, England would be a little nerd. Or it would be a boot. <laughs> One or the other. <laughs> Oh, uh, yeah. I There's nothing like so good... Like, just Italian racism. Like, that really, I don't know what it is about it, but it really warms my heart. Hey, I don't care what you say about Italians, because I'm busy begging your wife, capiche? <laughs> yeah, you got me there, Antonio. You got me there. Oh, dear. Oh, man. Then uh, a little bit further back than that, Damien, if you go all the way back to 602, and by the way, 613, because we can't control ourselves and, and we went back to it, uh, you and I 
decided to out, so to speak, the sordid past of NPR radio host Terry Gross. A very underrated, attractive lady. Uh, So let's go back all the way to episode 602, about eight minutes in, where we have our first discussion of uh, NPR's Terry Gross. Yes, I'm Kai Rizdahl, Bobby's Terry Gross, and Ira Glass, and we've been giving you the PBS Pledge Drive for over a year, and not one donation, not one car has been donated to your local radio station. Maybe that's it, Bobby. Maybe we should start talking like uh, an NPR station. Maybe I should just say penis like this. I gotta say, between her voice and her name, I always thought Terry Gross could really transition to porn very easily, right? Like, they, first of all, Terry Gross is already kind of a porn name. Like, it definitely is. <laughs> that is. Yeah, that is. And then with that, like, weird ASMR voice, like, she could definitely, she could make the switch. She has a lot of inner beauty, Bobby. <laughs> Just- no, let me tell you something. Everything about that woman, from her name to her sexual exploits to the stuff she does on film, is fucking gross. Sign me up. <laughs> Give me that OnlyFans. In fact, it was only because of like a, a fluke of the, the Porn Screen Actors Guild. Do you know how like Michael Keaton's name isn't actually Michael Keaton? He had to take that name because mm-hmm. his actual name was already taken in the Screen Actors Guild. Uh, a similar thing happened actually to Terry Gross uh, when she was signing up both for porn and NPR, uh, which is why <laughs> you don't hear her reporting on NPR as Terry Giant Strap-On. <laughs> You know, uh, there's a lot of science podcasts you can go out there, but very few science podcasts are brave enough to sexualize Terry Gross, are brave enough to do what what I know they want to do on Skeptic's Guide. Oh, dear. Let's do some Terry Gross sex stuff. All right. Article number one. Listen, I don't mean to objectify Terry Gross. She is a fantastic reporter who has uh, who has uh, uh, really been in the trenches for years. I respect her uh, professional body work, but God damn, does that lady turn me on? I mean, just knowing it's not so much like the physicality of her. She's a fairly small elderly woman, but just knowing the wildness and the passion with which she delivered that career in adult film in the 70s and 80s, <laughs> that, that alone is like an allure, you know? Come over here and ASMR D's nuts. <laughs> you know, I believe we've been on, the, uh, we've been on this for, for years now, and I don't believe a D's nuts comment has been made until now. That's like, that's like, that, was like, that was like a level one achievement that we just achieved right now. Uh, oh, man. And by the way, again, so we I'm not even going to play a clip from it, but go ahead and skip to 613 and you will see that uh, the Terry Gross discussion did not last only one episode. <laughs> we had to we had to touch back on that after a while. All right. And then, Damien, uh, my last choice for a good funny one that we did, uh, episode 625, which was your version of you might be a redneck if. Do you remember this? Uh, yes, yes, I do. Uh, I remember this is the one. This you know, every episode I could tell the episode Bobby really loves, and and mm-hmm. I love you were glowing after the, when this episode yes. was done. <laughs> you loved uh, you loved that uh, that Jeff Foxworthy format for for joke delivery. Oh man, it really does tickle me sometimes. All right, let's go back to six twenty five, about a minute fifty in, uh, for some discussion of how you might know if you yourself are a redneck. 
And speaking of the redneck of this show, I'm none other than Billy Bob Timothy. And with me, as always, is my comedian, Mr. Damien Mercado. Damien, how you doing this afternoon? You might be a redneck if you have a long-term health condition because you refuse to get vaccinated from COVID. <laughs> you might be a redneck if you think Skittles is a fruit group. <laughs> you might be a redneck if you think solar power doesn't work because nighttime exists as a time of day. <laughs> uh, and if you think nighttime exists as a time of day and want to up your science knowledge, go ahead and check out our Patreon. Search Robert Timothy on Patreon. You get a whole new episode of Science Faction every single week, along with this regular one that you get. Uh, go ahead and check that out. It's uh, it's pretty interesting. And a lot of people, statisticians especially, are very interested to know that after... Jesus, I think we're going on 26 straight years of this game. Damien has yet to win a single time, despite playing every single week. So those of you guys who have not subscribed uh, to the Patreon, go ahead and check that out where you can listen every week and be like, oh my God, I can't believe he just keeps losing. I have a whole album, by the way, if you sign up for Patreon of these, you might be a redneck one. Here's another one. Uh, you might be a redneck if you're not gay, but you regularly post pictures of the 45th president of the United States with buff muscles and uh, just a huge penis outline in his shorts. David, I love, number one, I think what we've proven is that uh, Jeff Foxworthy in and of himself has no talent. He just stumbled upon like a <laughs> golden bit that could be recycled over and over again. I swear to God, I could, I could, I could make a comedy career out of just being the guy who like, who does like a, uh, 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 like a really sarcastic version of Jeff Foxworthy's bit. Like a really like, like <laughs> I take his format and I deconstruct it and just make a mockery. It's like, it's like a throwback. I'm like a cover comic. <laughs> Uh, I guess what I like about that is uh, anytime I get to jump in and switch hit bits with you, you know, the good nice thing about like a redneck or, or seemingly like an Alex Jones is the accent is easy enough for me to jump in. Once you start getting all your different complicated Russian accents, it's, it's too much for me. <laughs> Just send, spend your fucking summer in Moscow, you pussy. <laughs> Yeah, I know, but I mean, you've got such a, a wide variety. I mean, you could go like Dagestan to Siberia. You know, you've got this you've this wide range of accents. You might be a Russian if you find the concept of humor foreign to you. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, dear. Now, Damien, you had some picks of your own in terms of what you thought was, uh, was funny that we did in, in 2022. One of the ones you sent me was all the way back in 601. About 15 minutes in, uh, there was a bit called Doing It in a Safe Way. Do you want to, to give any intro for this? I... I <laughs> Uh, I loved, I showed this one to my wife afterwards, like, cause I didn't show it to her. Like I was, I've been listening to the episodes and she walked in yeah. as I was, uh, as I had this playing out loud and she was like doing some, some chore in the room and she heard it. And then just, just the way, that, the way it ends after the episode ends, she just looked at me and just like, I was laughing, but she just looked at me like I was a monster and left the room and uh, our marriage has not been the same. There, this podcast finally ruined my marriage. Bam. Well, that's number two for you. All right, well then, let's go ahead and look back at 601, about 1520 in for our discussion of Safeway. 
Very, very, very cool. Uh, again, this is always great news. Uh, every bit of that means that, you know, we're getting closer to things like golden rice and closer to, you know, hundreds of thousands of children's lives being saved, all of that kind of stuff. I love every bit of that. They are still doing it in the safe way. They actually have more regulation there than we do here, even after doing this Doing it in change. a safe way. That's not something that you're talking about my honeymoon, Bobby. <laughs> Not that you were using condoms, you were just in the laundry aisle of a Safeway. Oh no, it was the meat aisle. Forgot I needed the open freezers. I was it was really hot. I was working up a sweat. <laughs> just sat on some us. Uh, I mean it was covered with plastic, but yeah, it was ground beef. <laughs> Midway through, I just grabbed one of them, one of them Jimmy Dean sausage rolls to use as a sexual aid. <laughs> if she wasn't gonna put something inside me, I was gonna put something inside me. <laughs> oh, Jimmy Dean, you never let me down. <laughs> so I kept calling the guy behind the counter, Jimmy Dean, give me some of that sausage, wink, wink. Sir, you and that blow-up doll have to leave the Safeway right away. <laughs> I have a receipt. I bought her at the front of the store. I came back in to abuse her in the back of the store. <laughs> also, and literally, we've never done this before, nor did I realize there was a legal precedent for it, but there's a police officer here, and for the safety of the doll, he's going to remove it from you. <laughs> the doll testified against me in court. <laughs> uh, Mrs. Doll, I, I know this is a sensitive topic, but is it true two days after the incident in the Safeway... You caught your husband, Mr. Mercado, with your older, fatter, wheelchair-bound, inflatable aunt. Uh, Let me just say to any uh, skeptics out there that uh, child support for inflatable children is very real. Very real. That's true. And, uh, you know, arguably pretty unfair because, uh, you know, who am I to fund their rubber dreams? You know, like, why why am I going to have to pay for this family that this 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 rubber bee wanted in the first place <laughs> and just tricked me into? You know what I mean? I, I kind of want to do a Maury thing. They may not even be mine. She was kind of a fuck doll, if you know what I mean. Uh, dear. And then, Damien, you also picked for uh, one of your favorites uh, back to episode 622, Why Herpes is Worse Than You Thought, about 615 into it. Do you want to give uh, any background to that? Uh, yes. Yes, I do. Okay. Bobby sent me this assignment. Do you realize how hard it was? Just because just, I couldn't just be like, hey, hey, Bobby, I sent you 10 different Alex Joneses. Uh you know, uh, it, it, one Bob, they, they were never, they're always part of Patreon shoutouts. And, th- and Bobby does yeah. this show. The primary mission is science education. It's not jerk Damien off because he uh, he loves his Alex Jones. And no matter how funny it was, there was very little science value in this. And even though Bobby likes to laugh, he doesn't like to waste his fucking time. So he likes to combine <laughs> the two, and and he's he's blocked this time off for comedy science learning. So um, he has comedy podcast time next Tuesday, and he can listen to it then perhaps. But so uh, I was finally able to because I was having such a tough time and a lot of the things Bobby suggested were things were, were things I was going to suggest, but they were, it would have required some complex editing, I thought. But I finally thought there was one Alex Jones thing that was just too good. I had too much fun doing it. And uh, looking back, uh, we should probably have a thousand more patrons, I guess. But all right. <laughs> Let, let's, that's a great tease. Let's go back. 622, about 610 into it. Let's hear about Alex Jones talking about why herpes is worse than you thought. 
fact, I thought uh, we might be able to get uh, somebody famous uh, like uh, Carl Sagan on to uh, talk about the James Webb Telescope and thank our new Patreon. And then, uh, but... <laughs> Oh, so it's Alex Jones here. I just burst it through the wall, Kool-Aid man style, in the Damien's house. Listen, guys, you haven't been returning my calls, Bobby. You, you, you ain't embarrassed of Alex Jones. I'm the one who put you on the map. Now, I have a question. Were, were you waiting in the other room to, like, jump through the wall? Like, did you know our recording time and you had scheduled this? Or were you, like, on a road trip between, like, I don't know, Baja and L.A.? I guess it's the only place you'd be on a road trip before we go through San Diego. And, and you just, you heard about us and you had to stop by. Listen, I'm, I'm, I'm a consummate showman. Listen, you guys start talking about me, you guys start recording, and all of a sudden zany things start happening to my life. I was just going to go uh, uh, tap a keg of chili when all of a sudden a, a, a portal <laughs> opened up and I would smash it like the Kool-Aid man through this wall here. And I happen to know just, you know, because I've tempted the gods, because I hit a, uh, a science-educating gypsy with my car a couple years back. <laughs> and, I know. And, she, and she waved at your ha- head and went, Dumber. <laughs> so Dumber. I know that every once in a while the earth will part and the laws of physics will be as such that I will be transported onto a science education podcast. Keep it happening until I learn my lesson a la uh, Ebenezer Scrooge, but I keep digging myself a deeper hole. Man, I, I just keep thinking of how horrible a chili keg stand would be. <laughs> Man, I've, <laughs> I've, I've had to have uh, the Heimlich Maneuver administered many times. Because uh, I get I get everything clogged up with chili. It's like a it's not unlike the toilet after I'm done. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I can't afford plumbing no more. It's a porta potty. I also think it'd be funny to show up to Alex Jones's house and, and he's passed out on the front lawn and there's just solo cups of half filled chili just like sitting around him and different. Like, instead of booze, he had his crazy keg party, uh, but he was the only one there and, and he partook too much. Well, wait, I'm just getting a text message right out. Turn. Turns out my attorney accidentally texted uh, all of my bank information, routing numbers, and bank account numbers, and including the deed to my car and house to a Nigerian prince. Man, this this guy has some real uh, crazy legal tactics. I'll tell you what, he, he's a real he's a real rogue, a maverick. So I hired him. It's incredibly offensive because I had very clearly stipulated that he give it to a completely different Nigerian prince. Uh, uh, there are many bookies that I'm actually pretty deep in. Uh, you know, it's weird this lawyer's texting my bookies my exact uh, daily schedule for the next several months, where I'll be, contact information, uh, aliases I might be using. Well, I'm also getting a text again right now. Turns out he's uh, emailing somebody by the name of Tara Fisher the exact, uh, uh, apparently, information on how to uh, transport yourself through time, through portals. Apparently, oh, let's see, I'm reading this email a little further. Turns out uh, it includes information on how to prevent my birth, but without affecting the main timeline. Oh, that's weird. Weird information this lawyer has. So Tara Fisher, if there's a Tara Fisher out there, I'm going to ask you not to proceed with this life-changing time dilation technology. All I tried to do was make the world a terrible place. You know, I've listened to a lot of history podcasts. You know, they never talk about the people who destroyed Rome. You know, they never talk about those crazy characters. (laughs) Hey, and let me tell you something. You want to know what's in the place of Rome, where Rome was right now? A totally different city called Rome, and it's awesome. So that wouldn't be there if we hadn't fucked shit up and got rid of that old Rome that nobody needed anymore. Let me tell you about Rome. Their, their chili's all tomato, and it served ice cold. It's terrible. All right? <laughs> You're thinking about Spain. But, uh... I mean, that gazpacho is Italian. 
telling you that. I, I refer to it as gall. <laughs> Thank you very much. God, there was a garlic genocide <laughs> that the mainstream media wants you to forget. Uh, you know what's funny, though? You, you bring it up. is like, what would happen if Alex Jones... You, sorry, Alex Jones. I didn't mean to be disrespectful. What would happen <laughs> if you were suddenly taken out of this world or, or taken out as a child? And, and and obviously, there'd be a lot of good to that, right? So there'd be less conspiracy theories and there'd be... Uh, less free thinking, more sheeple. I get you. A lot of the Sandy Hook sh- stuff, which was very, very harmful to people who had already gone through a living hell, like that wouldn't have been there. A, a lot of stuff. The world would undoubtedly be better in many, many ways if Alex Jones wasn't there. But I wonder if overall he actually does good. Because if you think about it, there were a lot of just shitty loser dudes who were the dads in their family and they were kind of a little conspiratorial, probably too far right thinking, but they were just assholes, but their wives put up with them because they had kids and they were just going to do their family thing. Alex Jones was undoubtedly the impetus that kicked out Thousands of douchey pieces of human garbage from their family's house, allowing their kids and wife to grow up unmolested by their bullshit. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I, but what about, you know, uh, children need a strong, red-blooded American man around who doesn't know anything about them in their lives. Otherwise, how are you going to get more Alex Joneses, am I right? <laughs> My dad had no idea who I was. My dad is massively ashamed of me, I can assure you. It's kind of like there's a story, there was a, a study a while ago that showed, like, if you didn't promote gun use, like, you need, like, the NRA, and the gun lobby needs them. Because if you don't promote gun use, you have slow attrition of your gun purchasers. Because people always talk about school shootings and stuff like that. Far and away, the number one cause of gun deaths is suicide. It's it's not even close. It's, it's like, 10 to 1. And it's in the many... I think it's in like the 20,000 range or something like that. It's it's a, quite a bit of suicide every single year from guns. By definition, every single one of those suicides was a gun owner. So like literally, if you would just had a plateau, a flat line throughout society of gun owners, you would lose 20,000 every single year. And that's not including the, the relatives to that person who might not be as likely to buy a gun and blah, 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 blah. And so technically, gun ownership is a problem that eventually solves itself. But if I told you, yeah, that that's something I'm trying to do. I'm I'm trying to get more people. If somebody listens to me, I encourage them to to own a gun. The the star that burns twice as bright shines half as long, and each one of us will be that. <laughs> well, I'm gonna I'm gonna well, hold on. Wait, I think this portal's opening up again. Oh, I, I hope Damien has a uh, Kool Aid Man insurance because uh, this is a uh, this ain't gonna be cheap to fit. Oh. I've been sucked back through time, through Rome, to take down Rome! No, not again! Oh, man, I do like Alex Jones. By the way, I didn't realize that uh, I think we had at least two, maybe three references to the Stephen King movie Thinner in that, which we That's have not... That's just this year. Yeah. We, we, we've we, done this we countless pro- times. We have promoted this movie. I think the, the, cause I never saw it, but it's just the preview came out. I think the preview came out at just the right moment in our lives to be permanently embedded. It is like a duck cracking open an egg and seeing whatever in front of it and assuming it's its mother. That's what the preview of the movie Thinner was for us. Yeah. We, okay. We saw this trailer as a kid. We didn't know the movie bombed. We didn't know nobody no. saw it. But anyhow, it was, it was a great premise and it's still a great, like I've used it and gotten laughs. 
Like so, yes, like, because people it's, who it's the seen... idea that a gypsy is going to give you your wish, but your wish will end up consuming <laughs> you and like being your curse, so to speak. And like, also too, like, what if he was just like blowjobs, and he's just like, oh yeah, you're going to get so many blowjobs, you're going to die, and he was like, all right, deal, I will take this this gypsy death curse. But you end up going to the zoo, and then the animals can't resist. Like, like there's like so, there's like some dark side of the curse. Like any any creature above X intelligence level can't help but want to perform uh, fellatio on you. There's a, there's a way there's a way to there's a way to monkeys monkey paw this. Okay, and where's the dark side? <laughs> the lion just <laughs> wants to wants to slob the knob, Bobby. I just can't get out of the cage. You can't get out of the cage if nothing. I got a great picture of me pressing my junk up against the glass as a lion tries to bite it. They are they are not motivated, Bobby. And what about what about okay? What about one of those orangutans that's really smart can break out? Ah, I mean, if you remember, we covered a story where there was an entire village of people who had paid a guy money to have sex with his shaved orangutan, and like so, what you're saying is I wouldn't even have to pay. <laughs> oh, I like how we casually bring up this horror horrifying story, <laughs> and it's head. Bobby, orangutan, and, and like not only that, but it's it's not that sweet orangutan ass. If we are to continue on this logic train, it's it's their toothy mouth and and coconut crushing hands. <laughs> oh, we're so sorry. We are so sorry, everybody. Yeah, don't look that story up. Don't be sorry, David. That was great. <laughs> a quick couple of mentions for stuff that I hope we brought attention to uh, that might that was kind of interesting, not necessarily new scientific discoveries, which we're going to cover in our next episode. Uh, if you go back to 628 and 629, we have uh, our series on how to know when you are wrong, which ended up being hugely popular. We ended up getting emails from not only just our regular audience, uh, not like our Patreon audience who, who emailed us all the time and stuff, but from people who actually look at this stuff, people like sociologists and stuff. It was, it was very, very interesting, really, really neat. It was amazing to see how much interest that stirred up in other people. We also had 623, Why Japanese Hate Westerners, which is great. We rehashed something we had talked about before, which is that there is a one gene that is found highly prevalent in East Asians and not in the rest of us that codes for basically non-BO smelling odor. So like their BO doesn't smell, they don't have body odor, or I guess their sweat doesn't smell, they don't have body odor in it or not strong amounts of it. And no waxy earwax, they have like just a little bit of flaky stuff that comes out. And our discovery of that and discussion of what animals we must look like to East Asian people who are like, oh my God, you smell horrible and have a gross wax emanating out of your ear. What are you creatures? You think fart jokes are funny? You just ripped one on the subway. You dishonor us. Mountain Dew Demon Son. <laughs> and all the way back at 6.05, how cars made us dumb at about the 12-minute mark. Uh, what That was actually kind of an interesting discovery. It was a take on something we already knew about. We've talked a lot on this show about the effects of lead on IQs of entire generations. But had you had asked me before we covered that particular article, before that article was published, I would have told you that that was probably concentrated in people who grew up in like the 40s, 30s, 40s, 50s, because that's when it was the worst, and that's when people were the closest to roads and blah, blah, blah. But it turns out that the absorption was worse in the 60s and the 70s, and there was just a tremendous amount of IQ points that were lost on people who are still living today. Like, our world is a substantially <laughs> dumber place. And we're not talking about people who died in 1985. 
Currently, our world is a much dumber place because of lead and gasoline and lead and paint that was going on. It is measurable, it is significant, and it is probably a cause of a significant amount of violence and, and problems along those lines. It is political leaders. Maybe, maybe. And also, by the way, this isn't in that episode, but I will say right now that I, I have a sneaking suspicion based on some of the, the topics we've covered that our generation's version of that will have, be having natural gas appliances. I have a feeling that what we are discovering and some of the stuff we have talked about in terms of like IQ points and, and and brain trauma and toxicity and stuff, the idea that you were just letting gas in your enclosed house go and you were hoping you would burn most of it in order to make mac and cheese is going to seem fucking crazy to people in 20 years. And we are going to be coming back uh, next week for those of you guys on the main feed with 643, which will be my favorite science articles themselves of the entire year. I love it. It's my most favorite part of the, the year, my most favorite episode to do. That will be released early on Patreon, so go ahead and check out our Patreon if you want to get that early. Otherwise, you will get that next week. But for now, thank you so much for joining us for this week's recap in Science Faction 642. Natural gas? I got some natural gas for you right here. You've been listening to Science Faction. Wait, that's not right. Right.